Hello, and welcome back to the man. Why did I forget the name first? <laughs> I just woke up. The Man I Love Film Podcast. <laughs> I'm Cho. Oh, I'm Isa. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, coming off of our Hunger Games episode, which I know you put in the caption. Of, I think it was our Instagram post, but yeah, that like movie inspired this podcast because we were like, I have so many thoughts and feelings and, and Loki that ended up being one of our shorter episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was like a pretty average length episode, but we were just organized yeah. for once, at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, organized for once, talking about a movie that we like absolutely love. Because mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice was a little messy. <laughs> Yeah, that one was off the walls. <laughs> Tis the season. We are so inaugurating. Inaug- is that a correct word? We are christening. <laughs> okay. The month with a chill classic. Yes. But we I are guess doing. Yeah. Okay. Holiday movies this month. Uh, so we're gonna hit some of our favorites. Um. List is not fully decided yet. I think I have the two I really want to cover. And obviously this is one of them that I really wanted to do. Uh, for this episode, we covered The Muppet Christmas Carol from 92. And I don't even need to put the year. Y'all already know. Oh. 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 Yeah, but you should tell I- it because just in case someone else does. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're doing... We're doing Christmas stuff. But um, I guess before we start, uh, how, how have you been? What's going on with you? I've been chilling. Um, didn't do much this weekend. I got hot pot yesterday. Bought some clothes Ooh. to prepare for going to Arizona and New York. Two very different places. Um, but it will be cold. So, and then... I watched May December this morning. Oh, okay. And I I like the performances a lot. Okay. I was very mm-hmm. on the fence between like a three point five and a four. Mm-hmm. It's like there's this soundtrack or like I don't know if you would call it a score because it's not playing throughout the whole thing. But just, like, when certain moments happen, they play this, like, weird soap opera like, you know, in a soap opera when someone finds out, like, a juicy piece of information and it's, like, this yeah. weird, dramatic, it was, like, that kind of music. And, like, mm-hmm. I think it was supposed to create, like, I saw one person talking about how they liked it because it created like an unsettling feeling. I was like, I feel like you could have achieved that with different music. And also, (laughs) I'm already unsettled by the topic itself. Mm -hmm. I don't think it needed that much help as to like put this really. I somewhere it was listed as like a comedy, and it's very much not a comedy to me. And all of the parts that like are a little funny i don't want they don't like sad funny is it like just like sad it's i don't know like i've seen like so charles meldon his performance is being praised Mm -hmm. a lot 
um uh deservedly so but like he has this scene where it's kind of like you know the breaking point for his character and i thought that that scene came way later um but it doesn't come until like almost the end of the movie and so the whole thing just felt like not as climactic as i thought it was going to be um i don't know maybe that's just like a personal choice like maybe some people like that but i just was kind of like waiting for the ball to drop mm-hmm. and then when it did it didn't drop very hard to me but it was oh, still okay. really good i still gave it a four because like everyone's performances were really good um and there were still really good like parts of the movie and the dialogue wasn't necessarily bad but i just was like i don't I don't understand like why yeah certain choices were made or i might understand but i just don't like it valid but yeah that's, that's pretty true. much all i did though i was gonna see salt burn but i ended up not being able to oh dang but hopefully next weekend i am determined to see salt burn and poor things because in our city Saltburn only plays twice a day. This at least mm-hmm. it did this weekend. And one of those times was like 9:50 p.m. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm not doing that. And I wasn't able to make it to the 12:30, so where I'm at, they're showing it this week four times a day, but then next week it drops to one. Oh. So I was like, I have to catch it now because the one time a day opportunity is just not going to happen for me. Watch it be gone in this area tomorrow. No. Not tomorrow, but like by next weekend. We'll see. We'll see. I hope not. What about you? How did, how was your week? It was okay. Um, Last week of classes. That was so good. Don't have to go back to class anymore, which is a major win. Um, I guess otherwise, just like work and it's the holidays, so I'm trying to figure out like what I'm doing, who I'm seeing. Um, trying to convince myself to do groceries because I'm just like one of those people who won't if I know I'm leaving soon. I'm leaving like in 15 days, so I definitely need groceries, but I don't want to do them. <laughs> but yeah, I did see Saltburn this week. Um, I really wanted to see Saltburn and I wanted to see Godzilla minus one, but I was not able to catch Godzilla minus one um, this weekend. So maybe I'll watch it this coming week. I'm very excited about it. You chuckle to yourself, but Godzilla movies are so good. I love them. Even the universal ones, the universal like Godzilla movies. Those are good movies. I love them. I didn't know that there were that there was like a Batman situation where like <laughs> no because the Godzilla remember because it was like Godzilla versus Kong. I meant a Spider Man situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So even those were pretty good. I really, really liked them. That's where I kind of got into Godzilla movies. And I heard this one, and I saw the commercial, and I was like, "This looks like it's gonna be crazy good." And I've seen really good reviews about it, and. Yeah, so I really, really want to see it in theaters. Um, so hopefully I can catch it this coming week or maybe next week. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a big thing on my mind. Saltburn, 
I saw it alone. It was a theater full of young women, basically. And anytime Jacob Lordy is in anything, the masses come running. I know. And it was a lot more people than I thought it was going to be for like, I think it was like a Thursday or something. And I went to see it and, um, beautiful, beautifully filmed. Um, but you know, there were some weird moments. There were some weird moments. I think that the reaction that people had was a little more, was surprising to me when I saw it. Like people looking like, I don't know. I saw the TikTok trend of people looking like empty inside. Have you seen that? After it? Yeah. I didn't feel like that. I thought like, you know, the movie ended and it ends with a little fun song and dance. And I mean, I was having fun. So I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah. Happy moment at the end. No one else felt like that. Um, Guy next to me, he stood up, looked at me. We didn't know each other. We didn't know each other. There was a particularly a, a particular moment where it was just like what was happening on screen was crazy. So we were both covering our mouths and we made eye contact. We just like turned to each other and looked at each other. And we were like mouths agape. Um, and then at the end of the movie, he stood up, looked at me and he goes, I'm gonna need a glass of wine after that and left. And so I don't know. I wasn't like horrified or like, Oh my God. Like it was fine. I think my biggest qualm with it was the plot. Like, I felt like at a certain point I knew it was going to happen and at the end when it was revealed what had happened, everyone in the theater was like and I was like, I feel like we noticed this earlier on, babes. But um, I want to see it so bad. That was more, that was was my, we'll we'll talk about it more once you've seen it, but like yeah, that was my opinion of it. But hopefully next week I can come back to y'all and let y'all know about Godzilla minus one because don't laugh. Don't laugh. It's going to be flame. It's going to be so good. You don't know what it's like. I don't. (laughs) I've never seen a Godzilla movie. They're good. They're good. Even those ones with like Millie Bobby Brown in them. There's more than one. Yeah, there's like three. With with her in it? Of the universal ones. Oh dang. Cause there's sorry, I looked up Godzilla and minus one immediately came up. Oh my god, there's gonna be another Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. Don't <laughs> don't make me drink alone. But yeah, there's I'm I'm not even gonna look them up right now because it's too distracting. I'm I'll get into it. I'll get into it and it won't go like, too far. Meg. Yeah. No, I'm not like that. No. You if you think it's anything like the Meg, don't don't don't, don't, don't like I'm for the for the audience. For the audience. The Meg is a bad movie. It's a bad I thought movie. you liked them. No, I've seen them. <laughs> um, but I'll watch anything. The first one. It wasn't as horrendous as the second one. The second one, we kind of lose. They have dinosaurs in there for some reason. I thought this was like a Megalodon movie. It's not anymore. We have dinosaurs too. Um, they start chomping on people on islands in the like Pacific. I was like, what is going on here? 
uh, the Megs are scared of the little dinosaurs and they're eating them and they're eating each other. I don't know. There's a lot going on in there. Not like that at all. The Godzilla movies have respect. Really, they have class. They there is there's an element of class to the monster action movie genre. You pull up to Meg Godzilla. What is it called again? Godzilla minus one. Yeah, you pull up to Godzilla minus one in like a tuxedo and like a monocle. <laughs> you know that meme where it's like the guy in his pajamas and it's like, and then the next picture is him in a suit. That's you seeing Me- the Meg versus you seeing Godzilla minus one. Me at my graduate school classes versus me at Godzilla minus one. <laughs> anyway, I guess we'll we'll start the Christmas season outright. The Muppet Christmas Carol by Brian, not by, directed by Brian Henson, who is Jim Henson's son, from nineteen ninety two. So it's a retelling of the classic Dickens tale of Ebenezer Scrooge, miser extraordinaire. He is held accountable for his dastardly ways during nighttime visitations by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. I think we all know the story, but this is a Muppet version of that story. It's. Okay, have you seen this movie before? <laughs> I, I have, I have. I've seen it one other time. I saw it last year for the first time. What? For the first yeah, time? Yeah, I was like, I, I gotta see what the hype is all about that Chelsea keeps talking about. The hype, the Muppet hype. <laughs> yeah, the Muppet hype. I'm like, I gotta see what this like little indie troupe that Chelsea's into. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I like the Muppets. I'm just like, I'm not hardcore like you. I'm not, everyone says I'm a hardcore fan, and I don't think so. I think I'm a regular fan of Muppet things. It's like one of those things that you can't just say you casually like, because then people are like, you gotta love it. There's no way. It's true. Like, I feel like if you know past a certain amount of information, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, Muppet fan. I think I'm a Muppet fan. You're a Muppet connoisseur. Mm, I wouldn't say all that. I have never seen... <laughs> well, I've seen several episodes of the original Muppet show. Have you seen and I did Fraggle watch... Rock? No, I haven't. They okay. creeped me out when I was a kid. Um, I haven't. But, but like, that, that's the level where I feel like we get to connoisseur. The extent of Fraggle Rock I've seen is in the... Muppet Family Christmas straight to TV special where the Muppets are at a house are at Fozzie's mom's house for Christmas and the the Sesame Street gang shows up and so does well so do the, the Fraggles live under her house so there's a the gang's all there that's the extent of Fraggles. And then they're like, pass it on. And they sing a little song about giving a rock to each other for Christmas. Yeah. I've seen this movie since I was a kid. Um, remember when we were for Halloween going to do movies that irrationally scared us as children? Yeah. This was on that list. Yeah. I me. When we were watching it, I was like, some of these moments could scare a child. Yeah. And I think, don't they kind of reference it in the movie? uh kind of like there are definitely moments 
Yeah. So one of the Gonzo or something makes a comment where he's like, that could be really scary. <laughs> like they do it often. So like in Muppet Treasure Island, I think so the one of the guys dies and then Rizzo's like, and this is supposed to be a kid's movie, bro. Like the guy's dead. Um but yeah, no, this this scared me. It was definitely that scene where like the ghost of Christmas future is like the Grim Reaper. That is not the ghost that I had a problem with. <laughs> what? Which ghost did you have? A I had a problem with? with the ghost of Christmas past, dude. The little girl? Yes. She was so scary. Like, at least the ghost of Christmas future, he just has like a gaping hole for a face. Like, it's just like a dark abyss in a cloak. And the ghost of Christmas past has this like creepy, like, haunted annabelle looking face no she looks so scary (laughs) in in like the way that like the dark crystal muppets look like the dark crystal muppets freak me out and it just looks like you lit up one of their faces like a light bulb and you put it on a little handkerchief and then you were like this is the ghost of christmas past okay they had some fun um i guess to clarify for anyone who hasn't seen it most Muppet movies will take liberties when it comes to casting. So for this movie in particular, um, Ebenezer Scrooge is played by a person, like a human person, and it's Michael Caine. Everyone else is Muppets. <laughs> like, everyone. Except the exception his of nephew. Like, yeah. The nephew's wife and his love interest. <laughs> At some point, everyone else is Muppets. Um... The Muppets are so like there's Scrooge, Kermit, Piggy, and then their kids, which are two female pig puppets, a boy frog puppet, and then Tiny Tim is played by um oh shoot, what's his name? I thought it was just another frog puppet. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, it is. They Kermit's they look nephew. exactly the same. That's a no. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You're like I'm not that big a fan. I'm like, it's Robin. I'm looking at Robin. Who? Me me giving you the character name of the Muppet who is playing Tiny Tim. It's Robin. Robin his is Kermit's nephew. Legal name, maiden name. <laughs> it's. <laughs> it's robin and robin and they all play the family of um bob cratchit yeah so kermit is bob cratchit um and then his wife is piggy and all that stuff um other big characters are rizzo and um oh my gosh why am i blinking gonzo (laughs) and gonzo are you lost some cards right there (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was, like, blanking as I was, like, thinking about this Robin thing. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. The deviation here is that Rizzo and Gonzo are kind of narrating where Gonzo is supposed to be Charles Dickens. Fourth wall breaking narrating the story to us. <laughs> I love them so much in this movie. I love them so much. No, it's any so like cute. 
Gonzo Rizzo like collab moment. I love them so so much. They're just comedy gold. Like when they it, come up to the window and they're looking in the window and it's like foggy. And this is like one of my favorite parts. I have a different like most favorite part, but it's up there but he grabs Rizzo and starts wiping the window with him and Rizzo's like thank you for making me a part of it (laughs) literally me the basic plot is Scrooge is a horrendous guy and everyone's like Scrooge you suck and then his old business partners who are two dead guys who are the old two dead guy Muppets they come back to him and they're like Three ghosts are going to visit you tonight. And then we get to the first ghost where Isabel's talking about the creepy little girl, which I thought she was just, you know, a CGI girl spirit. But, you know, CGI girl spirit shows him his past, his school days, and him meeting who was, it seems, the love of his life, the one and only, and then watching her leave him. Ooh, tough break for Michael Caine. Um, and he's then... played by someone else when he's younger, so everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, it's not Michael Caine. Throughout. It's not like Michael Caine and like a little boy across eighteen hundreds boy outfit. No, and then we get to the Ghost of Christmas Present, and he's like, "This is Bob Cratchit's house. The guy you pay nothing." And look at how sad his son, Tiny Tim, played by Robin, the frog. And Robin, obviously, we all know Tiny Tim is sick, and it's very sad. And the ghost of the present implies that Tiny Tim will not live very long, and the Cratchit family is poor and sad. They don't get paid enough, but Bob Cratchit still appreciates Scrooge, even though he's horrendous to him. And then the Christmas future one is basically the Grim Reaper being like, bro, you and Tiny Tim are gone. He's taking right? you with him. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, so in the end, obviously, Scrooge wakes up and he's like, oh no, the spirit of Christmas. I need to save Christmas. Uh, because he's ruined Christmas for like everyone in his little town for years. Uh, I'd like to say like everyone knows he sucks. He's one of the richest men in town, never donates to any of the charitable causes is mean to people he wouldn't even buy a wreath for the door like (laughs) he wouldn't let them put coal in the fireplace no yeah he was horrendous but at the end he you know saves christmas and tiny tim and they all live happily ever after but what are your favorite parts of this movie okay so um my most favorite part is like i think they're trying to get into scrooge's house to like be able to see inside and then they do mm-hmm. and then they i think they're leaving and rizzo is he says something like like want some jelly beans and gonzo is like what and then rizzo's like what and then there's like a beat and then he just kisses gonzo i love that moment where he's just like and they just like and then we move on I replayed that part like five times. Why did you replay it? <laughs> it's so cute and it's so funny. It's adorable. It's just I a love much. What's a little smooch um, friends? I also wrote, 
And I don't even remember what part this was. I just have a note that says, oh, okay, okay. I remember now. Okay, so uh, Kermit playing Bob Cratchit is like trying to work up the courage to ask him for um, Christmas off. And also mm-hmm. to uh, before he's asking that, he's like asking him to put more coal in the fireplace because it's really cold in the building. Yeah. And what were they like mice? There's all these little mouse muppets. It's the other rats yeah yeah that are playing like the clerks and they're they make him do all the confrontation so they're like tell him tell him tell him it was literally me asking my brother like being like matthew you have to ask my parents because that you have this thing (laughs) i'm like but i can't ask for it because i live here anyway um yeah so but they're like tell him tell him and then he's like Mr. Scrooge, sir. This is not my impression. So rough. <laughs> He's like, can we please turn on the the fireplace more? Not not turn on. You know what I mean. And yeah. all of We're the rats are like, Florida. Yeah. I'm like, can you crank it? I don't know how fireplace. <laughs> um, and all the rats are like, yeah, yeah, turn it up, turn it up. And then he's like, no. And all the rats are like, heat wave. <laughs> no it's so funny where he's like he's like maybe y'all should could like think about being unemployed if y'all are thinking and they're about like fire. oh my gosh <laughs> they're like it's so hot in here and they're all changed into like hawaiian t-shirts and they're like this is my island in the sun i do that every time my mom does not want to turn up the heat in our home and my sister and i will sit there and she'll be like no i'm not turning it up and my sister i'll just go like this is my island in the sun, heat wave, and like quote it. I love that part so much. Also, uh, Rizzo is being chased around by a cat at one point, and he's like, "I'm from New Jersey." <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts is when we're in the Ghost of Christmas Past, and Scrooge is looking back at his old school days, and the teacher is Sam the Eagle and he's like <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? And he's sitting there and he's like telling him that he needs to be working, that it's about, you know, getting that grind in. And he's basically like, this is the American way. And then they like stop for a second and he's like, this is the British way. Because they're in the u.s it's one of my favorite things i couldn't remember what he did from the first time i watched this and i was half expecting to be like no the american way (laughs) i one part that always bothered me even now is when rizzo is trying to get into bob cratchit's house and he falls through the chimney onto a hot goose and i was like why do we have a rat on the goose get the rat off the goose it always just i don't know why it unsettled me as a child that i was like he's stepping on the it. it's on a fire yeah clear the germs one of my favorite parts of this movie is also when he's walking with tiny tim and they're kind of like i just like watching kermit's like the way they puppeteer when kermit's walking it's kind of like, I think it's the original Muppets movie where he's riding the bike 
And I'm like, damn, how much time did they have to spend on this like rotating set to make it look like Kermit's walking? And they're just singing a little song walking and they walk all funny like Muppets do. But it, I just, I really appreciate it. I really love it. It's, it's like my favorite part of Muppet movies is them having to figure out how to show their legs because I know like seven people are down like under this plank of wood <laughs> rotating a set because like I know for the bike one I think they had to make it so it was like a cylinder so the puppet was walking on a cylinder and the houses would look like they're getting smaller but it's like a rotating thing so it's like an optical illusion to look like he's walking obviously but like also like they're moving the set not the puppet as much. But yeah, that was that's like crazy the work he put in on this because he is a, it's a very good performance. I really like it. Um, but yeah, that quote is crazy. This movie was the first one done after Jim Henson's death. He died in 1990. And so they had Brian Henson, his son, direct this one. And then he later did Muppet Treasure Island as well. And obviously several other movies. But this is also the first Muppet movie to be co-produced and released by Disney. Because, like, I know for the longest this was the Muppet Christmas Carol Disney really had, if I'm remembering that right, until that Jim Carrey one came out, which was horrific. They really tried to get it. They really tried to get us to watch it because I remember the ads constantly during the holiday season. I was like, I don't want to see your CGI Scrooge. I'm sorry. I'm scared. Movies that scared us as children. CGI, A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Ride in the movie theater. And I was definitely too <gasps> old to be doing it. And <laughs> I, I, did, I remember almost choosing to. <laughs> you wanted to get out of there that I was bad. like, I think it might have been like a sensory thing where like it was the scene where... see the ghost of christmas future in that one terrifies me because he opens his cloak and two little like what is that thing in the lord of the rings fairies golem two little golems come out from under two i think they're just dirty children (laughs) i remember them it's because the cgi is so unsettling so i'm gonna call them golems two little golems come out from his cloak and i'm like this is terrifying and at one point like i was already on edge because i was like this is horrible and i saw this in the movies and the these horses these scary horses come like bounding around the corner and it was so loud i remember i just like i'm gonna cry right now i start crying (laughs) did y'all leave no it wasn't like a lot oh it was like to myself. Anyways, <laughs> this is the superior Christmas Carol. Anyway, yeah, this is the superior Christmas Carol. Um, I guess another fun fact about this one is that there is a song that is missing from the movie. Oh. If you watch it on, if you watch it on um, Disney Plus, right? Did you watch it? Okay, so the scene I'm talking about is in the scene of Christmas past scrooge is older and he obviously met this girl and they've it seems like they've been dating a while and he refuses to marry her like he is not trying to settle down which is crazy but um the end of the scene is basically her being like i guess this is done 
right? And then we cut to like her walking away. There's a whole song there that's been cut. Why? Why did they cut it? So it's called The Love Is Gone. And it's mainly her singing and Michael Caine looking very sad. Um, I can't quite remember why it was removed. Um, I think it was something about how like the full screen to like, because you know, like movies used to, or I guess they might still be like full screen or like the widescreen or whatever. Because movies used to be, or TVs used to be square. And then we got a lot more like bigger, wider ones to look more movie style of TV. And then so like, I guess that kind of became obsolete of the version it says of the movie, here, movie. It says that Disney felt it was too mature and sad for young viewers. Oh, damn. But yeah, it's basically her being like, the love is gone. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Basically a breakup song. And um, it's okay. It's like a fine song. I remember watching it because I had a VHS of this movie. Old alert. Um, but I did have a VHS of this movie. And so I saw the song and then I was watching it this time and I was like, I thought there was a song there. Maybe I'm crazy though. I was like, maybe, maybe it's been so long since I've seen it. No, the song is there. If you go on Disney Plus and there's like added scenes, you can still find it. It's still on like they did add it onto Disney Plus, but not into the movie again. You have to like watch it separately. When you were like aging us, I was like, VHS tapes were more towards the very beginning of our life. And then I remembered that I just saw a video where it was four, three or four girls standing in a circle around a Taylor Swift CD. And they're trying to get the CD out and it's taking all of the brain power of these four children <laughs> to figure out how to take the CD out. And they're like, is this a button? The like thing in the middle that you push against to get the thing out? Yeah. I think it's a button. And they get it out eventually, not because it's a button, but one of them goes, I told you it was a button. And it's like, y'all killing me right now. That's what I'm saying. Like a VHS. Yeah, I had to rewind that thing at the end or my mom would get mad at me. Um, but yeah, that's... I love this movie. Um, it's one of my, my Christmas pastimes. I, I have a lot of memories of watching this movie with like my aunt and my cousin. We would make cookies and hot cocoa. And so... And we'd make like those little like dough ornaments where you have to like bake them off and stuff. So I have a lot of fond memories that come with this movie. And it it's one of my favorites. I know we talked about possibly recasting. I only recasted Scrooge and his nephew. I did not who know who to recast as his wife or the possible girlfriend because we also without the like the song. There's no like there's not a lot of the girlfriend. Did you? Um, I cast Scrooge, young Scrooge, and Belle, who's the. Like love interest. Oh, okay. And then I forgot about the nephew. <laughs> okay, we had very. Different. I wish that I did cast him, but I didn't. Oh my gosh! All right, so who did you cast? Okay, so for Scrooge, I was like, let's stick with Alfred's, and I was like, Alfred in the Batman, too hardcore. Um, yeah. Debatably, still not old enough. I guess the True. one that I chose is still not that old, but like, uh, I was like, let's keep to the Alfreds. You know who else is a great Alfred? Lego Batman Alfred. 
who voices Lego Batman Alfred? I look it up. It's Ralph Fiennes. Uh, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I think that fits his vibe. I think that he could play a mean Scrooge. Perfect. So I write him down. And then I'm like, okay, who could look like him? I start looking up people and I'm like trying to look up movies where like someone has played a young version of him before or this and that and I can't find anything. And then finally, I end up just looking at his actual family on Wikipedia. And I was taking this very seriously. And Hero, what's his name? Hero Finds Tiffin comes up. He plays the Harry Styles Walmart version in the after after. series. And he he has been in like a couple other series roles. And obviously after's script, among other many issues, is not good. So I don't blame his acting. Um, Wait. He also portrayed young Lord Voldemort in Prince. What? And Voldemort was played by Ralph Fiennes because they're related. Yeah. His nephew. And I was like, perfect. I'll allow a little nepotism for this one because I was having a hard time. That um, is crazy. Yeah. He played an 11-year-old Voldemort. And I was like, that's insane. I thought that, like, first step on the scene was after. Same. That's crazy. Wow. I like your casting and then, choices. Well, I put um, India Rhea Armitafio. Mm-hmm. Um, and she played Queen Charlotte in the Bridgerton prequel. Ooh, true. But I feel like um, even though we didn't get to see that much of Belle, she gave me the vibe that she stands her ground because she was still like, you know, confident and uh, confrontational enough to be like, you have been pushing off this marriage too long and i won't have any more of it and she leaves and but she's still very like feminine obviously because it's like the 1800s and she's a woman (laughs) um and i was like who's british and soft and feminine but also like confident queen charlotte (laughs) (laughs) your choices are so much better than mine no i you know what I did it the American way. Oh, let's hear it. So for... (laughs) These are some two wild decisions. I don't know if he's old enough. I think we can make him old enough. But I just wanted a man who could really do a Muppet movie. You gotta be a certain type of actor to be serious in a Muppet movie. You know what I mean? Like, to behave like you are a Muppet or you're... Like, Muppets are... You either treat Muppets as people, which is like Michael Caine did that. He was like, this is serious. Or you're like Tim Curry, where he's like, he is a Muppet. Tim Curry is a Muppet in Muppet Treasure Island. I kind of wanted a good mix of both. And I was like, I need someone who is Muppety. I chose Hugh Jackman. I think he could do it. I want to see him in a Muppet movie. I think he's old enough. Yeah. And then for his nephew, I was like, who could look goofy? And I slandered him last week, but, you know, we're going to get him a job this week. Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. <laughs> no, because I was like, Fred is so sassy in this movie. And Jack yeah. Quaid can be sassy. I know. I was like, let's give him a job. This, this is a job. Our- 
His mom is promoting give a- nepotism in this episode. <laughs> I know. After after I think it was like Meg Ryan last week was like Jack Quaid isn't a nepo baby girl. If we get to hear about your opinions about your own son being an actor and like people care, that's a nepo baby. <laughs> No one ever actually cares if someone, unless they're bad and they're getting roles. But like Jack Quaid's like a good actor. Um, yeah. Like no one cares if you're a nepo baby if you're good and you own it. Like Dakota Fanning or owns it, bad. or not Fanning, Dakota Johnson owns uh-huh. it. Um, Maya Hawk owns it. Ben Platt, sir, you. It's not that serious. <laughs> Also, it's blatantly true. Real. It's it's so funny to see how they all take it differently. But yeah, yeah. If you're a nepo baby, just like live it. Live your truth, babes. Like it's fine. Like you can't control it. Like, what's it called? One of those Beckham kids who's like bad at everything he oh does. Oh my gosh. Now him? Get out of here. <laughs> it's you just know, like bad must, at everything. They must be great parents. So they're just like, you were doing so good, sweetie. You keep making your coffee table photography books. Like and making a grilled cheese. <laughs> like he's tried so many things, and I'm like, you know, you'd think with so much money they would have made him like, I don't know, learn piano or something. Like, like let's yeah like we could have i feel like he definitely has enough money to do all that so but who am i did you have any more casting no i didn't those were the only two i was like everyone else kind of doesn't show up very often and i was like i feel like the muppets are good i think the the choices made for the muppets and also not making kermit a main speaker because i feel like a lot of the time kermit tends to be the number one casted but like rizzo and gonzo are like bigger roles here i really like that i always like when one of the like outer ish muppets becomes more central i loved it and sometimes you know i love kermit okay sometimes you be on miss piggy too much like give the girl a break no real like kermit is a bad boyfriend he is he is I don't know if y'all caught that ABC Muppet office style sitcom TV show. It was actually pretty good. Um, but like at some they broke up and he started dating a younger, a younger girl, pig. And I was like, you know what, Miss Piggy, get him back. And then she started dating Josh Groban. And I was like, Yeah, Miss Piggy, Josh Groban. And you would do yeah. it too. And you would <laughs> like like Josh Groban comes up as an option. <laughs> immediately Kermit after, is gone no literally like sorry Kermit you do not compete um I'm gonna send you something on TikTok because I started getting like the second I finished this movie I started getting Muppet edits on my for you <laughs> oh brother I don't even get Muppet edits on my for you page it's only because it knows that I watched it somehow, which I'm very uncomfortable by, but oh, open it, open it. Right now? Play it into the okay. mic, even though <laughs> I'll, I'll post it to our story so that you guys can watch 
or I'll post it when I make a video for the TikTok or you know what I mean oh brother I feel like I could already tell what this is this is a Miss Piggy edit with the girl who was Kermit's new girlfriend first your new girl is my clone i (laughs) oh i have another one (laughs) oh my gosh it's just like no matter what the material is i'm gonna get taylor swift edits to it oh my gosh let me see this okay it's everyone from muppet one this is from the second clip is from the Muppets, the new one, 2011. That one clip where Piggy has the chic French bob. Slay. I have Muppet edits saved because they're like, I just love, I, I do like Muppets. <laughs> I, but I, I don't get edits like that. I don't get Taylor Swift Muppet edits, unfortunately. It was only immediately after, and I haven't seen one since today, but I also haven't been on TikTok. Anyway, what do you rate this movie? Um, I gave it a five out of five because like my thing is I try to rate movies based on whether or not they accomplished whatever they were trying to do. And I sometimes see. I do forget that that is kind of like my rule book. But especially mm-hmm. for like children's movies, like because it, it's not, it doesn't have a scene where they're like, I wish you get hit by a car and die. Like, that, that doesn't <laughs> mean that, that, like, it's not good, you know? So I was like, movie's simple, but it's great. And the humor is great. And like, who doesn't love the Muppets? So five out of five. I, yeah. I agree. I give it four and a half. Um, I really like this movie. I see it every year. I really like Muppets in general, especially the Muppet movies. I feel like it's a good balance for kids and adults. Like it definitely is a family movie. And I do like that this era where they did like Christmas Carol and Treasure Island are like interpretations of obviously older stories. And I'm a sucker for one of those. I'm just looking for an interpretation, especially with Muppets. Don't get me started. But I wrote Muppet Lame is when <laughs> real, real. Like it would be so good. But yeah, so I really love this movie. Four and a half. It's not five. I think because it's not my favorite Muppet movie of all time. Yeah, I was I saw your four and a half and I was like, she loves this movie. The only possible reason that it it's not a five <laughs> has to be that there's another Muppet movie that she likes more. <laughs> and you were right. And you I was right. right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, I know we wanted to take a second, um, housekeeping wise, because Spotify Wrapped came out and a little shocker for for me was that we were not our top listener. <laughs> um, like my Spotify Wrapped came out, and I was a top four percent listener of our podcast, and I was like, "Wait, I'm not the number one." <laughs> I didn't even get a percentage. 
Yeah. But uh, I don't know if you had the data from it. But yeah, like, here. Shout me... out everyone that's listening to us. Like, that is crazy to me. <laughs> I don't know why. It. But thank you so much for listening to us. This, thank like, you. This is just a fun little project we do. And we really enjoy it. Um, no, like, if you have us in your top, that's crazy. Because we have hella technical difficulties every week. <laughs> Every week, it's crunchy. It's bad. Maybe over Christmas, we'll get better mics. <laughs> but Yeah. If, if I edit this and this is still, like, chirping me up, I'm going to have to get a new mic. Um, You were like, you should get this $25 Target mic. But I'm just like... No, we'll look into a better mic. We'll look into better mics for both of us. I, I did see one, and I almost bought it. But I bought this cord... To hopefully solve my issues and i don't think it's working so um i'm probably going to have to get okay let's see here so our top episode was emma um Yay. which was definitely because i made that video <laughs> where i named <laughs> yeah. akatar but you know what whatever works whatever works and i, I am really? really proud of that episode that was the last yeah. episode that we uh, I almost said filmed. <laughs> we recorded in person mm -hmm. together before you had to move. I know. Like our energy it was very giggly and I like same. Um and it was it was streamed 232% more than our average episode. Yeah. Crazy. Um 10 countries, 11 countries. Wow. 10 countries. Oh. Um, which is also crazy. That is crazy. Um, it says our listeners are into for their like music genres, pop, POV indie, and rock. Okay. Look up what POV indie is. It's like a specific type on, on Spotify. Yeah. But I don't know I what like the it. distinctions they make up are. Okay. Well, I guess we'll get to our individual ones in a second. But. Okay, I'm looking up POV indie. It's like Men I Trust, mm -hmm. Dominic Fike, Beach House. Why is the living tombstone in here? <laughs> okay. Anyway, I mean, it's definitely because I listened to it, but like it doesn't belong in there. Uh -huh. Was there any other like facts from it? Podcast rating 5.0, which we only have Yay! eight. <laughs> so yeah like if you half listen. of them are probably our friends but if you yeah. rated us if you rated on your us. own and gave us a five thank you <laughs> thank and you. i mean thank you to our friends who rated also us. thank you to our friends and like, i guess you guys too um <laughs> rolling through it deep in the you're deep in the stats right now We're a top 10 podcast for 49 people. Oh my goodness. Also crazy. We're top five for 34. But yeah, that, I think that's pretty much it. But there, did you want to go quickly through our own? Yeah, sure. You can go first. Give your spot up. Okay, so my Spotify wrapped. Um, 
the place that it said that I belong. Well, not that I belong. It's just I listed like um, was Santa Cruz, California. Oh, here. Did you um, want to go back and forth so that we're covering sure. the same one? Yeah. Some of them are like not that exciting. So we'll probably skip yeah. them. Um, mine's loading. Okay, I'm from Ithaca, USA. Where did it say that your people are like likely to be fans of? You know what I mean? Um, like Brain Story, Ways Blood, and Zach Fox. <laughs> mine was Muna, Taylor Swift, and Chapel Roan. Interesting. What so my top artist was Kelly Uchis. Per. What was your top song? Uh, I think my top song was Melting. Yeah, it was Melting. My top artist, surprise, surprise, was Taylor Swift. But interesting enough, um, she doesn't have any top songs in my like top songs playlist until like number 17, which is interesting. Um then my most listened to song this year was What I Want by Muna. My top artists in total were Kelly Uchi's Brain Story, Hosier, Tyler the Creator, and Mitski. Mine was Taylor Swift, Sabrina Carpenter, Muna, Chapel Roan, and Olivia Rodrigo, which like um I like Olivia Rodrigo, but I didn't know that I guess I did like kind of binge her new album, but like once I got it out of my system, I didn't listen to her much for the rest of the year, but I guess the one phase was enough. I, there's other artists I like more, like I do like Hosier, but I think that, um, he just didn't come up on my thing because I, I don't, that album is kind of very, yeah, serious. <laughs> I mean, it has light moments, but, like, I'm not going to be listening to it on repeat at work, so. Be next year, Hosier. Okay. Actually, I lied. My top song for Kelly Uchis was Melting, but mm-hmm. my top songs in general were Monemophobia by Brain Story, A Horse With No Name by <laughs> America, The Perfect Fair by Biba Doobie, <laughs> Biba Doobie, <laughs> um, Blue Hair and like real people do by hosier and my top genre was rock my top genre let me tell you oh i think that this was fake okay i think this i don't know how they're calculating this but i didn't listen to that much broadway i swear (laughs) and my top genre was broadway and i was like i mean yeah i listened to broadway but my number one genre i definitely listened to less broadway this year than last year and um broadway was like not my number one last year so i don't know how they calculated that and i firmly believe this sounds like i'm mad about it as if i'm not the one that was listening to the broadway (laughs) tinfoil hat is on i saw somebody's like tiktok where they were showing their like toddlers spotify wrapped this toddler had listened to so much acdc and but then their top genre was k-pop but then there was no k-pop in their top songs so what is going on yeah (laughs) what is going on i refuse to believe that broadway was that high of a genre i was listening to so 
many pop girlies this year and you're gonna tell me that broadway is my number one genre what are we classifying as broadway i think i think you know i think it's the one who has it as their top (laughs) anyways um but my other top songs were ceilings by lizzie mcalpine feather by sabrina carpenter Red Wine Supernova by Chapel Roan and OMG by New Jean. Okay. Yay. What are you obsessed with this week? Okay. Uh, well, Sabrina Carpenter put out a new Christmas EP, so I've been playing that a little bit. Um, also, I feel like we haven't had like a true pop girl in a while you know like pop girls who are starting controversies and not in like a problematic way (laughs) like like britney spears being all maybe i don't want that to that degree but you know what i mean like britney spears like all over madonna being like beefing with the church and in a carpenter I would, I'm still like a little religious, so some of you need to take a joke because it's not that serious. But Sabrina Carpenter filmed a um, a music video in a church and she got permission from like, I'm not Catholic, so I don't know all of that. But she got permission from a bishop, question mark, whoever yeah. you go to, uh, to film in this church and she slayed. And then I guess like, I didn't know that people got upset still about things like this, but the Catholic Church, like, I don't think fire the Catholic Church. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody, someone up there, um, not up there. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, well, I guess if you're Catholic, then technically you. Anyways, um, but yeah, they were like, "You're fired." I don't think firing is the right word but whatever process basically that person's not a bishop or whatever he is anymore (gasps) because he let sabrina carpenter um film in this if anyone catholic is listening they're like this girl does not know what she's talking about um but yeah because they let her film in the church and then sabrina carpenter was asked about it you know what her response was what Jesus was a carpenter. Oh, they did not like that. Well, maybe she did not eat with that one, though. Like, <laughs> but she got that guy fired. We can't get him. I literally wrote, he let her film there. True. And it's also, kind of like, I, like, the music video, nothing that crazy was even happening. People get killed in the music video. But that's not happening in the church in the music video. That's happening at like a gym in an elevator. Oh. Unless I'm remembering wrong. I only watched it once. But um, yeah, I wrote, she's literally bringing pop icon back. When is the last time a pop girly got in trouble with the Catholic Church? Gaga. <laughs> so yeah. Getting in trouble with the Catholic Church is crazy. It might not have been the Catholic Church, but but like she's working her way up, you know. Oh, I see. Uh, unless it was, in which case, no. Um, but I also wrote House of Dragons in summer twenty twenty four has been announced. I'm so excited! I have only ever seen maybe like 
one and a half episodes of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. Like, there's so many families. I'm like, there's some families that I care more about, or that I'm yeah. sure I would care more about. And like, I know that Daenerys starts to slay, but she's like kind of just being abused in the beginning. And a lot of it yeah. is just like women being abused. And I was like, not really about that. So I really care for it. Uh, but House of Dragons. And it's a prequel. So like, I don't need to know anything. I'm sure it makes. Oh, experience... I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm sure it makes the experience better when you do know things. But like, I don't and I don't need to. All I need to know is that these two ladies had your classic relationship where like there was a little something going on when they were teenagers and then they had a huge falling out <laughs> and then as one, okay. goes, one of them married the other one's father oh okay but but like just i love the cast so much the costumes oh my gosh um last but not least this isn't really a thing i love more so like a thought that i had you know how you and me are like, why do we keep making remakes? Not remixes, remakes of things. You know what we could use a remake of? The hmm. Breakfast Club. I feel Ooh, do you like think it would work. I think that that movie would lend itself very well to being remade in a way that they take like a lot of liberties. Like we're not doing the same characters. You're like modernizing it. So not like a mm-hmm. one for one remake, but like, yeah. first of all, a more diverse cast. Um, yeah with different issues apparently there was kind of a remake last year but it wasn't called the breakfast club but very good oh and no one saw it so we're just gonna forget about that one i was gonna say i didn't even hear about that what did you love this week this week i loved Let me get my list out. Let's see. Okay. I, since moving here, it's colder, obviously, and I get to wear sweaters all the time. And I kind of love winter wear, like fall, winter wear. It's so fun to wear a sweater and not sweat. That's such a big win for me. Um, that one's a huge Imagine win. that world. Yeah. Imagine a world where it's actually like 40 out every day. But yeah, um, I have also okay. I watched the movie Shallow Howl. Um, I'm intrigued by early two thousands media in in some ways, in some ways because like we all know like that era, especially well not especially but like. It is so full of like very, very clear fat phobic movies. And it's just like everyone was chill with it. Like, like we're all just like chill with this right now. It's kind of crazy. So watch that. It's very interesting. I have to dissect it. Like, like I'm sure there's like a great way to dissect it. To like really pull apart. Like, what is this movie telling you? And there's like a lot of things a movie is telling you that are like horrendous. Um and it tries to make it seem like at the end, like, oh, like what a good guy. Like, oh, like it's gross. Um, this was very interesting. <clears throat> uh 
Um, but other than that, something that I have been on. <laughs> George Santos. I I do not know how to tell you this, but I can't even get to all of this like right now because it's so long. But if you Google George Santos and go to his Wikipedia page, it is insane. Do you know what it says at the top of his Wikipedia page? What? This art warning, this article may be too long to read and navigate comfortably. Stop. Right? He's the Chris Chan of the House of Representatives. You know most people like have like, okay, their portrait, their job, right? Mm-hmm. But it says, okay, personal details, so born, political party, their member of representative, preceded by, succeeded by, to be debated, right? The next tab is criminal information. And then it says criminal status, U.S. dash indicted, Brazil plea bargain, criminal charges, 23 felonies, in the United States, we have nine counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, two counts of thefts of public funds, two counts of making materially false statements to the House of Representatives, one count of conspiracy to commit offenses against the United States, one count of making false statements to the FEC, two counts of falsifying a record document, two counts of aggravated identity theft, one count of unlawful money laundering or money transactions over $10,000. And then we get to the Brazil tab, which just says check fraud. If you look up his tabs, the pages are so long. There's early life, early career, political activities, House of Representatives, political positions, false biographical statements, campaign finances, investigations and legal issues, federal indictment, personal life is the like sixth tab on here when normally it's the first one. In popular culture and electoral history. I apparently, apparently right now, a movie on his life is being developed for HBO. But multiple times. Just, yeah, looking at his false biographical statements, I'm going to tell you more right now. These are, some of these are bad and some of these are just wrong. He said he at multiple points has said that he claimed to have been Jewish, Jewish, half-Jewish, non-observant Jew, a proud American Jew, a Latino Jew, and at other points described himself as Catholic. When he was brought, like, told about this, he said, I'm Catholic, and he was, quote, trying not, trying, not trying to claim Jewish heritage, but also, quote, I believe we're all Jewish at the end, because Jesus Christ is Jewish. And if you believe in Jesus, we're all brothers in Christ. I mean, end quote. <laughs> I watched the SNL cold open last yes. night. And when Bowen Yang said Jewish, I thought that that was like an organic joke that Bowen Yang made. I didn't know that no. it was something that he it's actually said. There's a quote. He also claimed that he was a 
star player on a volleyball team and that they won a league championship. And he claimed that he has had both knees replaced. Okay, right, 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 right. He claimed he had both Robert knees Robert would be best friend. <laughs> and not only that, he said that he has been diagnosed with a brain tumor. He also claims to have immunodeficiency and acute chronic bronchitis, but has not brought up anything about those since then. He, um... He was part of a, like, campaign for Trump, like, a group. And he was like, we need to raise $20,000. And they didn't raise $20,000. They raised $600. And then the money was not found anymore. They don't know what happened to it. No, at that point, fair game. What $600? (laughs) During his 2022 congressional campaign, Santos told prospective donors that he was a producer for the musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Michael Cohen, Spider-Man's lead producer, denied that Santos was involved with the show, and the musical paybills do not contain his name. Santos was literally in Brazil in 2011 when the show opened. <laughs> and then it's like talked about his resume. He said, studies show most people lie on their resumes. It's just unfortunately the reality. Spider-Man turn off the dark music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He has used various ali- aliases, including Anthony Zabrowski and Anthony DeVolder, and in a 2011 Wikipedia user page created under the name, latter claims that he acted in Hannah Montana and The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. <laughs> Anyway, I got to stop talking about him because I'm obsessed. Just reading more on that Wikipedia page. It is insane. I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> the Spider-Man one really got you, didn't it? It really did. Get- it's just such a like niche thing to lie about. Like, if you were like, I was a producer for the Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark musical, 99% of these people in DC would be like, what on earth are you talking about? Are you making that up? Like, not just the statement, but, like, the musical? Is that, like, a thing that existed? Yeah. Like, he... He wasn't, like, I was a producer for the revival of, like... <laughs> like, some famous, like, of, like company. No, like a, I was a producer... Like a Barbara Streisand thing yeah. that always reboots. Yeah. No, I was a producer for... The musical that famously crashed and burned, Spider-Man <laughs> Turn Off the Dark. Anyway, I'm obsessed with him. That is crazy. <laughs> I've been telling everyone about it. <laughs> I'm about to tell everyone about it. <laughs> that one picture of him with the paparazzi with the sunglasses on and he's like walking through the crowd... If I was him, I'd use that picture every day. I know he loves it. He kills me. Same. Man. I. Love. Film. <laughs>